Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Welcome to the Built for Paymakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. First time listeners, uh, welcome. Those of you that have been rocking with me for a while, uh, welcome back. going to be discussing the Wake Forest game from Saturday, FSU's first loss of the season on this episode. Uh, before we do that, let's go ahead and thank our sponsor, BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to wager on your favorite sports, contests, and events. The first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, yeah, man, I'm not going to waste too much time. going to go ahead and get into this Wake Forest game. I saw a lot of stuff on the on the Twitter timeline during the game that I frankly disagree with. Um, of course, FSU um, gets the ball first on offense and goes right down the field, scores a touchdown. It's exactly what you want. You put pressure on Wake Forest. <clears throat> going into the game, you know, you know Wake Forest is going to score points. Um, you know, looking at FSU's offense in the first four games, you assume they're going to score points um, because Wake Forest hasn't shown to be that great on defense. So it's seven to nothing. And the FSU defense goes out there and forces Wake Forest to punt. And I tweeted it at the time because I felt like it was going to come back to haunt us. Um, FSU gets the ball with a prime opportunity to go up. You know, at least ten nothing. Um, uh, optimally, you would you would hope they would score a second touchdown to go fourteen to nothing, but they promptly um, have to punt the ball back to Wake Forest. And um, I mean, it's a three and out. Uh, they they retain the ball a minute and thirty nine seconds, three plays for six yards, and they punt. And of course, Wake Forest uh, gets the ball back. And they're driving, and they go 13 plays, 80 yards. And there was a key moment uh, on that first drive where it was third and 12 on FSU's 34-yard line. And they allow uh, Wake Forest to convert that third and 12. And, you know, if you get a stop there, you you probably force, what, a 50-yard field goal, which I said if you force them to take field goals, you can win this game. Uh, They convert, eventually go on to score a touchdown, tie the game up 7-7. 
Of course, of course, FSU's offense gets the ball. Um, five plays, 27 yards. They have to punt again. Uh, good punt from Master Mono. Uh, pins them at the 10-yard line. Wake Forest goes 12 plays, 90 yards. The disappointing aspect of that drive by Wake Forest was they they had so much success on first and second down that all of their third downs were literally like third and three, third and four, and you know, you're not going to get any stops against a good offense like that. So, you know, it's 14 to seven. And of course the FSU offense, uh, fumbles the ball with Jordan Travis fumbles the ball. So that's the third consecutive, um, offensive possession that ends in a punt or a turnover. So, uh, of course, Wake Forest gets the ball on a short field and they go five plays, 39 yards, for the touchdown is 21 to seven. So, I mean, I, I know everybody, you know, was blaming the defense or, or whatnot, but if I told you, and I wrote about this on chop chat, if I told you going into the game that FSU only scores 21 points in this game, you write that down as a loss automatic, automatic. You know, if I told you before the game that, Hey, we can, we can hold Wake Forest to 31 points. I would have taken that all day long considering how FSU's offense had been playing in the first four games and considering what Wake Forest has done defensively prior to the game. You know, so look, the the defense didn't play amazingly, but they played well enough to win the game. Um, I know everybody um, has their own opinion about what, what they should have done and all that good stuff, but look, frankly, you know, the offense didn't show up in the first half, and ultimately that is where the game is lost. Um, <clears throat> yeah, FSU has an opportunity to um, cut the lead to 21-10 before the half. Of course, he'll miss a field goal. And I, look, I'm not even going to talk about – I'm not even going to talk about um, the field goal kicker. You, you, it is what it is. And, um, you know, uh, I will say that on that, on that possession, though, FSU – Knowing, knowing that, knowing that you, you can't settle for field goals. I didn't like that. I mean, they had the ball first and ten at Wake's eleven yard line with fifty five seconds to go and a half, and you you have to settle for a field goal. That's that's not it. First and ten on Wake's eleven with a minute, basically a minute left, and you settle for a field goal. Can't have it. Can't do it. Can't do it. So FSU goes into the halftime uh, with a 21-7 deficit. Uh, one disappointing thing was, I said at halftime, uh, pivotal for the FSU defense to get a stop on uh, Wake Forest's first possession coming out uh, in the third quarter. Of course, they do not. Uh, Wake Forest goes down seven plays, 75 yards, and it was very, very easy. Matter of fact, Wake Forest doesn't even have to convert or third down on that drive. So that was piss poor. It's 28 to 7 at that time. And really, you know, from a from a thinking of, thinking thinking about it from a defensive perspective, you're like, okay, you know, we're playing pretty okay. We're playing okay. You know, we're making Wake Forest work. You know, they're having to execute all the way down the field. I mean, you know, 13 plays, 12 plays, 15 plays. We're not just giving it to them. You know, they are executing and, you know, the offense, the FSU offense isn't offering 
anything whatsoever. And so from a defensive standpoint, I think those guys, yeah, they they might have checked out a little bit because, you know, it goes back to last year in the first four games. I, I would tell you all the time, I was like, you know, you have to play complementary football. If the defense is out there, you know, working their tail off and, you know, and the offense doesn't offer anything as far as support, at some point you're going to be like, look, look, man, the hell with it, you know, whatever. And so the reason why I say that is, you know, um, Wake Forest goes up 28 to 7. And then finally, FSU, uh, the FSU offense comes to life. You know, they go 10 plays, 85 yards, and uh, score a touchdown. Of course, um, we go for two and do not get it. I have no problem with Mike Novell going for two at that point because you just can't trust a kicker anymore. Um, and then what happens? FSU defense comes to life. Three and out. What happens? FSU has a monster punt return from Michael Pittman. Uh, Michael Pittman returns the ball, uh, a punt, 34 yards. They start on Wake Forest's 33-yard line. What happens? False start penalty. First and 15. But FSU overcomes getting behind a change, and they get a first down. It is first and 10, Wake 22-yard line. And that's the play where we, we you know, we run the, um, I think it's a play to a Philly or someone. They get down to the Wake Forest four, but it's called back for offensive holding. So then it's first and 20. And then it's second and 20. And, F, and FSU runs the ball on that play. I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what they were thinking about there. Then it's third and 19. And then it's fourth and 26 from the Wake 38. And you have to punt. So you wasted a prime opportunity to, you know, to cut the lead to 28-21, um, you know, late in the third quarter. Um, but you punt, you uh, you pin Wake Forest deep, and the FSU defense gets another stop. That's two stops in a row. We wasted one of them. Now, frankly, on the next possession offensive possession FSU scores a touchdown cuts it 28-21 okay and so that's early let's see that is I'm looking at it now that is with nine minutes to go in the game and this is this is the backbreaker right here Wake Forest goes on an 18 play 66 yard drive and the the play now look this one play did not lose FSU the game, but it is a key moment. And it goes back to what I talked about in the three keys uh, of beating Wake Forest from a defensive standpoint. It's third and six. Greedy Vance has, I mean, Hartman literally throws the ball to him. And Greedy Vance does not make a play. The Wake Forest receiver mosses him. And that converts the third and six. It was third and six at the Wake 44. If, if Greedy just knocks the ball down, they got a punt. Uh, or better if he intercepts it. And, you know, I don't think I don't think he was in a position to run it back. But at the very least, he's in position to make a play, and he does not. Earlier in the game, I think it was on um, Wake Forest's second touchdown that they scored. It was third and eight. They threw a 20-yard pass for a touchdown, and it was it was a play where Bernardo Green was all – I mean, he was in position. He gets his hand on the ball, 
and the Wake Forest receiver manages to catch it and he scores a touchdown. And it's a common theme in this game where people are talking about fire Adam Fuller and, you know, he sucks and all this. Look, guys, the defense is in position to make several plays in this game and they just do not make them. You, I mean, you can, you can bring in whoever you want at defensive coordinator. You know, if the guys don't make plays, it's going to make plays. And that's what it came down to. I said in that, in that defensive uh, key, um, three keys to uh, winning the defensive side of the ball was, you know, cornerbacks, defensive backs got to win one-on-ones. They didn't. I said, you cannot miss tackles. They missed a lot of tackles. Linebackers didn't play well at all. They were guessing, shooting the wrong gap. Uh, I will say um, the Wake Forest offensive line got away with a ton of holding. I, I looked at several plays, and you literally had guys with one arm, like, pinned or trapped. And, you know, defensive linemen were trying to make a play with one arm, and they couldn't. Right. So there was some of that, but there were way too many missed tackles at the line of scrimmage. What I didn't like was Wake Forest running backs seemed like they fell forward three or four yards. Um, you know, I mean, it was taking multiple guys to bring one guy down, you know, and it's just just too many missed tackles, too many missed tackles. Um, but at the end of the day, it goes down to. FSU missing a lot of key guys on, on both sides of the ball. Now I want to talk about defense for a second. You know, Jared Verse played sparingly, but when he was out there, you saw a different defense out there. You're playing without Fabian Lovett. Um, Malcolm Bray is banged up. I mean, Daniel Lyons, freshman Daniel Lyons is playing real snaps in this game at defensive tackle. Think about that. So everybody that's saying, oh, you know, just do this or just do this. It's it's not it's not a video game, guys. Right? And considering what FSU was trying to do on defense, they had the right approach. Because if you if you go out there and you if you do what a lot of people wanted them to do and have them blitz like crazy, then they probably drop a 50 burger on you. For real. Because if you just have guys blitzing, you know, Hartman's been around a long time. And if you saw the stats on how he plays against the blitz, he lights the blitz up. So they had the right approach. They they had some key situations. They were counting on those guys to make plays. Like they knew, hey, we're gonna eventually they they're gonna you know get to a point where it's third and ten, or you know third and twelve, or third and seven, and we got to get off the field. And they didn't. That's that's the right approach. Otherwise. You would have saw the same stuff you saw against uh, Clemson last week when they dropped what forty plus points on them. They held Wake Forest to the lowest points total of the year. Their yards per play average well below what they averaged for the year. Points per game average well below what they averaged for the year. The only thing that they did better uh, across the board was third down conversions. I mean, they were I think it was uh, nine of nineteen or eight of eighteen, something like that. And again, you had guys in position to make plays. There was another third down where there was three defenders around one Wake Forest guy. I mean, they literally had him. He was like four yards short of the first down, and he breaks 
those tackles and gets a first down. You can, I mean, you, you can you can say fire Adam Fuller all you want. Hey, at some point, tackling is a want to. You got to want to make a tackle. You got to want it. I mean, you can't go out there. You can you can't want it more than the players, right? So, and then and then also, I want you to think about this. Even even when you have Jared Verse, even when you have Fabian Lovett, if you look across the defense, how many surefire NFL guys do we have out there? If you said, hey, right now, if everybody was healthy, well, scratch, scratch that. Think about it this way. If you say, take Lovett out, take Jared Verse out, and the guys that played the majority of the snaps yesterday, and you say, okay, today, if everybody's healthy, how many on this defense gets drafted? what maybe two three and and they're not first rounders so you know you you're missing some key guys on defense and you still hold them to 31 points yeah it wasn't a perfect game but they did they played well enough to win the offense dropped the ball and a lot of that was on the offensive line um some of it was Jordan Travis, and you know, he, you know, if you look at the stats, he had a good game, but he, he wasn't sharp on it. I mean, he missed some, he missed bad on some throws. Um, there were a few decisions that just, you know, were not, were not the greatest decisions. Like for for one time, for instance, when he threw um, the ball to uh, Cameron McDonald in the end zone, and he was triple covered. I mean, there's like no shot of McDonald coming down with that ball. And there's three guys covering McDonald. Somebody's open somewhere. So why do you make that throw? Um, other times, you know, some people was like, well, we should have used Jordan Travis's legs more. And he's not healthy. Um, even even in the Boston College game when he made that one run, he you can still tell he doesn't have that extra – he don't have that extra gear that he normally has. And even when he fumbled the ball – that time, you know, he just he just does not have that 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 same gear that he that he had pre injury. So, I think they're just being you know pretty cautious with that. You know, it's like, well, you know, you got two really important games coming up, and you your only shot of winning those games is if Joe and Travis plays really well. I, I don't think you have any shot with Rodemaker. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I would much rather, you know, even like I said, he didn't run the ball. But they still they still had opportunities to make plays and they just didn't make them. Um, they got to figure out something on the offensive line. Uh, that whole right side was just, I mean, man, one guy cost us uh, points on that one uh, that one drive after Pittman had the the long punt return. I mean, you're you're man, you're right there on the doorstep to scoring and penalties just back you up and you wind up punting. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, I do want to touch on uh, they didn't lose a game because of referees, but the referees were garbage. Uh, there's no way that you only call. They called four penalties on Wake Forest. One of those was an intentional delay of game that Wake Forest took so they could kick the field goal in the center of the field. And they called 11 penalties on FSU for 96 yards. I mean, come on, three penalties against 11. There's no way they called one holding penalty on Wake Forest. And that was like, in the first quarter, and after that, I'm, I'm, there's no way that they only uh, committed three penalties. I mean, I could have, I could have counted, gosh, seven or eight times that I saw holding. I mean, blatant holding too. Uh, but you still had an opportunity to win the game late. If Greedy Vance makes that play, you have an opportunity to to tie the game 
and, you know, go to overtime. We just saw them losing overtime last week. So anything's possible at that point. You got to make plays. So um, I say all that to say this. It's not the end of the world. They're four and one. They are banged up. Um, you go going into the the NC State and Clemson game, and you got to think about it this way too. NC State's offense isn't isn't great. It is a traditional offense for the most part. They do not push the ball down the field. Uh, they throw a lot of screens and things like that. You uh, you know Leary can run, but he's he's not you know he's not. Malik Cunningham out there. So it's it's more of a traditional offense. I mean, and if you think about the offense that the FSU has played um, this season, aside from um, Duquesne and Boston College, and you saw how they played against Boston College. So when you got a guy that's not, not really mobile and he's going to stand in the pocket, you saw how well they played. They can get upfield. They can cross havoc, so forth and so on. But against LSU, you got a, a more mobile quarterback. Against um, – Louisville, you got a, a mobile quarterback against Wake Forest. You got the slow mesh. It's just different. It's just things you have to deal with that you normally don't have to deal with. Oh, I, should, I shouldn't say normally because a lot of teams have mobile mobile quarterbacks, but there are not many mobile quarterbacks better than Malik Cunningham and uh, Jaden Daniels, right? And then when you look at the defensive stats overall, um, it's not like they've been terrible. Coming into the game yesterday, FSU was holding opponents to 31% third-down conversions. They just didn't get it done yesterday, but still played enough well enough to win the game. Um, FSU has to find a way to to, to play complementary football again. Uh, that's something you saw against Boston College. You know, it's like, hey, uh, defense forced a turnover. FSU scores a touchdown right off of that. Boom, 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 right? But, you know, I think the game would have gone, well, it could have potentially gone way different if the FSU offense could have capitalized on that first stop that the FSU defense got. If they could have gone up 10 nothing, 14 nothing, that changes a lot of things. It puts a lot of pressure on Wake Forest. Uh, it gives you more room, more margin of error, right? Um, and so I, I really think just the start of the game, uh, the, the way they didn't capitalize on certain situations, that's the difference in the game. And that's, that's going to happen against, um, you know, that's, what's going to happen against, uh, teams, um, uh, and the turnover. I mean, you, you give the ball to them basically on their own 40, uh, on FSU's 40 yard line. And I mean, a lot of people say, well, look, force a field goal. Well, I mean, that's one of the best offenses out there. I mean, they just lit up a, a way more talented defense than, what you put out there in the field, you know, so, uh, I'm not, I'm not too torn up about the loss. I mean, you, you knew I picked FSU to win the game. I thought they had the right game plan. Just didn't execute, just didn't execute. And you just, you're missing too many guys starting too many starting guys. You're missing, you know, verse play the whole, the whole game. You know, it's, eh, things could be different. You're missing love it. You're missing your starting tackle, you know? So, I mean, and those are the, the 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 key areas in the trenches that that change that game. So moving forward, um, going into NC State, um, you know, it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this team reacts to the loss. I don't, I'm not, I don't think they're, I don't think there's one of those those teams that will, you know, let this loss um, carry on into another one. 
I mean, we saw them, we saw them lose, um, you know, last year against Clemson uh, in a tough game where you know they had a lot of errors and whatnot, and then go on to to play pretty well to finish out the uh, the remainder of the season. And I know this this team is isn't exactly the same as it was last year, but look, these guys fought hard yesterday. They they easily could have laid down at twenty eight to seven and quit. Um, they didn't. They made it a game. So I expect them to to respond. Um, it's really going to come down to how healthy can they get between now and next week. Again, NC State's offense isn't special. I've been saying that you know forever. And their defense, uh, I, I haven't had a chance to watch that Clemson game, but um, I'm going to try to watch it um, later today or tomorrow at some point. And then uh, probably write about it for Chop Chat. But, um, I mean, I think that defense is good. Um, but, you know, it just – I think, as Mark, Mike Novell says, you know, it's more so about FSU than it is the opponent. And and that was, that's was that been the case so far. You, you, you just got to get some guys healthy or you got to figure out a workaround. Uh, I know some people want to put Julian Armella in the game. Uh, I don't know if that's the right move. You know, we've been saying it for the last three or four years. The problem with FSU's offensive line is you've been playing guys way too early. And um, I don't know if uh, defensive line against NC State and Clemson are the two games to put him out there. Uh, you 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 definitely would not want him to go out there and get ragdolled and then get injured and then spend the whole offseason rehabbing instead of developing, getting stronger and bigger, because that's what happened with Darius Washington. Um and a lot of other young offensive linemen. And, you know, I know, I know he can't, he, he's a higher caliber player and, you know, he's over 300 pounds, but it's still a difference in strength between a 18 and 19 year old and a grown dude that's 22, 21, 22 years old. It just is. And um, all it takes is, you know, for a guy to get thrown over to somebody else, um, you know, somebody thrown into him and before you know it, you know, he's out and you, you're missing, you're going to be missing a key part uh, of your offensive line um, next year. So um, hopefully they can figure something out there and then, um, and then, uh, you know, get healthy, man. Um, the next two, the next two games really, um, I know a lot of people expect FSU to, to lose, um, and given the injuries that they have, you know, you probably that's that's a smart assumption. Um, but I still think if they go out there and play at uh, if they go out there and execute, um, if the offense plays at the level that they have played, that they played at the first in the first four games, I think you can win both of those. Now, granted, those two defenses are better than those four defenses you face in the four, first four games. Um, but. It's all about going out there and executing, um, you know, so um, hopefully, hopefully they can at least split um, the next two games, you know, going one on one. If they can do that, uh, get to the bye week, get somewhat healthier. And then you got some much more winnable games on the back end. And, you know, all of the things we, we said in the in the preseason, you know, I said eight and four. All of those are on the table. And, um, you know, so it's all about really the next two games and, and getting to that bye week and then hopefully, you know, getting a couple guys back, hopefully um, Lover to come back at some point. Hopefully um, Robert Scott will come back at some point. 
And um, I think, you know, I think Verse probably plays next week considering, you know, he played um, against Wake Forest limited, but, you know, he looked fine out there to me. And he seemed fine after the game um, from from what I heard. Um, so if you get him back, you that definitely could help you because Devin Leary, Devin Leary, excuse me, um, you know, he, you know, he can be got back there. Now they do, they do a lot of quick passing. So it does, it does make it difficult to get to the quarterback. Um, but you know, we'll see. Uh, my, my biggest concern is with the offense. Um, you need, I think the defense is, is going to keep you in games. Um, like I said, if the offense operates at the level that it has shown, uh, earlier in the season, then you can win the next two games. It's, it's mainly all on the offense really. Um, you know, so um, with that said, um, like I said, it's it, it's a loss. It's um, it's almost it's almost something that you know that may it may be a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, um, they were able to overcome um, a lot of adversity in the first four games to win. Um, and one thing I noticed um, in yesterday's game too, and I and I mentioned it. I think it was after the LSU game. Um, FSU found themselves um, behind the chains early and early downs way too often, and they were able to overcome those situations against LSU, and they were able to do so um, in other situations. But, you know, it caught up with them yesterday. They they, they were a- able to overcome some situations, but, man, when you're when you're first and 20 and first and 15 and second and 20, it's um it's difficult to consistently overcome those situations. So um, hopefully they can you know get that clear cleaned up. Um, hopefully they can get the penalties cleaned up. Um, that is something that has been um, that that was uncharacteristic of this team. Uh, I think coming into the game they were averaging something like six penalties a game. Um, so eleven was was you know that's double the amount that they normally have, and it, and it impacted the game. Um, you know so. Um, but but also, the, you know, there were even on that last drive, there were times when FSU receivers were getting mauled by Wake Forest defenders, and there was no flag. And but then, in you know, on the flip side, there were times when you know FSU guys were like just barely touching the Wake Forest guy, and they throwing a flag. I mean, man, F- ACC officiating is garbage. The whole conference is garbage. I mean, I'm just I'm just sick of these guys, but. Um, again, that's not why they, why they lost the game, but you at least want to see the game called fairly. Um, what else, what else can I go into? Um, yeah, that's probably about it. Um, you know, going, just thinking about it, man, a lot of people just guys uh, remove the emotion from, from everything. We're four and one. Nobody probably thought we would be four and one at this point. You you have banked some some really good wins. Um, you know, it's you you've done you've had enough success that even if you lose the next three, the next two, I should say, as long as you don't get destroyed, and then you rebound to beat you know Georgia Tech and, and Syracuse and Louisiana. I mean, that's seven games right there. You I mean, you you probably should beat Miami. That's eight right there. So, um, you know, as long as as long as you don't just fall off a cliff, I think. You're, you'll um, you'll hold on to the guys you have recruiting wise. Um, shoot, if anything, you could just point to them as a hey, you see you see this game right here. <laughs> this is why we need you. If we had you, we could have won this game. You know, so um, but yeah. So I'm like I said, I'm not I'm not terribly 
you know, uh, you hate to lose. Um, and as a former athlete, you know, I would, I would personally, I would rather get blown out and just know that you, you had no shot because that team was better than you than than beating yourself. I, I hate that with a passion. Um, so the turnover, the penalties, just lack of execution, lack of ability to get off the field on third down. Those are the culprits. Um, it's pretty, pretty simple. Um, between that and injuries, um, you know, we'll see how they rebound. Um, I pointed this out last night on Twitter. Also, uh, when you go back and look at the um, interviews from Mike Novell um, after practices last week, you know, he said he liked the effort, but they needed to work on the execution. And hey, you play how you practice, and that's that's what showed up on Saturday against Wake Forest. So, um, hopefully, let's see if they can get a um, have a better week of practice. Um, you know, anytime you lose, that should um, you know, heighten your intensity and uh, bring more attention to detail. And, you know, most of the time you, you learn more from a loss than you do a win. So we'll see how these guys rebound and um, look forward to to seeing them play next week. Um, so thank you guys for um, tuning in. Um, if you had a chance to um, rate us on your platform that you, you listen to, um, we appreciate it. If you haven't, we would appreciate it if you uh, would take the time to do that. Um, also, thank you for um, sharing this uh, podcast on social media. Um, it's how this podcast has grown into what it is. So I really appreciate, appreciate you guys that shout us out on social media and share and comment. Um, it, it really means a lot. And, um, you know, all I try to do is, you know, call things how I see it. There's no agenda. Um, you know, just remove the emotion from things and, you know, point out the obvious. So that's what we do here. And, um, man, but I'm kind of rambling until, um, until next time. Go notes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.